Welcome to the Mompreneur Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Moran. Just like you, I'm a mom entrepreneur on a mission to live a present and productive life, to be around for all the moments with my kids while also following my dreams and passions. Join me each week as I uncover a new tip or trick that will help you live your life just as you want and with as much ease as possible. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. Today, I have Grace Blacksea with us. And I have come to meet Grace from a couple of my business besties. I'm going to get into that in a minute, but I am just so grateful to have her here. So I'm going to hop into her bio and I'm going to share our connection. And then we'll go on to hearing her timeline, her strategies, because she's got a lot to share with us. Grace Blacksea is the founder and CEO of Quench Collective, an online community and education platform for modern leaders and entrepreneurs. As a time and business strategist, she helps women up-level their systems, strategy, and mindset so they design their business around their life, not the other way around. Grace practices what she preaches because, like I said, we were actually introduced by not one, but three of her own raving mastermind members, Rochelle from episode number 15, Ash from episode number seven, and Sam from episode number 17, all told me how amazing Grace is at leading their group and bringing the best tribe together. And then I've since connected with Grace myself. And let me tell you, she is all that and more. She is so sweet. What I've heard of her story thus far is so inspirational. And when she told me she could share how we can level up our leadership as mompreneurs, how we can step into our power by establishing a boundary map and make better decisions by learning how to ask better questions, I knew I had to have her on. I'm so excited to get into the nitty gritty details of Grace's story, because by now, you know, that's my jam and to learn how to truly be the CEO of your business. So thank you, Grace, for coming on and sharing your amazingness with us. Without further ado, can you share the major points on your entrepreneurial journey so we can understand how you got started and paved your way to where you are today? Yes. Oh my gosh. Make it. Thank you. That was probably the most incredible intro I've ever experienced before. Oh, you're so sweet. I'm your cheerleader here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, you are. I'll take, I'll take all the cheerleading I can get. I love that. I'm really excited to chat with you about all these different things and my journey. It's so funny. I always ask, well, where do you want me to start? Because I feel like it's one of those things. If we really look back on all the different chapters of our lives, it's probably since the very Genesis of it all to get us exactly where we're at right now. So not to bore you with the very early beginning stages, but really when everything kicked off was I am originally from Northern California area and I moved to Southern California about, gosh, I don't know. I mean, now we're in 2021. So almost 11 years ago, which is pretty wild. And all throughout college and high school, I worked behind the scenes on events, everything from weddings to, we had an NBA basketball team that was in our towns. We did big events for them, charity events, whatever it was And working those events. It really was like, wow, okay, this is something I love. This is something I really want to do. But when I moved down here, I graduated college and it was just something I'd always desired. I thought that being in Southern California, no matter where I landed, I didn't know where that would be that I would find just my next step. Didn't really know what it was. And, you know, looking back on that kind of very courageous woman, which at the time I just felt very lost. (laughs) Of course, I'm so glad that I gave myself the opportunity to do that because when I came down here, I actually did not jump right back into the event space. I jumped into the 
what we call, I'm using air quotes here, the surf industry, if you will, and tried my hand in, I would say corporate retail and what that looked like. And I pretty immediately knew it wasn't for me. It was such a great introduction to being in community though. I will say, I mean, for the first time ever, I worked in one of those huge offices that had multiple different brands under it. I mean, we had over 2000 employees in one office building and it was one of those open concepts where no one really had offices with doors. And, you know, it was just such a really cool experience. What I had read about people, maybe Google experiencing and the community that I was able to create within that job was just incredible. And that was my first taste of that. And it was something that I knew I didn't love, like the subject matter of it or the focus of that career. I knew that I loved the community piece of it. So very quickly, I realized it was time to get back into events and I started the hunt. I started the hunt though, very specifically Megan for my dream job. I was like, it is, it's time. I, I know I want this dream job. And when I say dream job, I was dreaming big. I was thinking, I want to be planning the halftime show at the Super Bowl. I want to be planning the red carpet for the Academy Awards. Like what I thought in my mind were these events that had bigness to them. Right. And so I went looking and I found something, I found something that I thought was going to be at least a stepping stone in the right direction. And that was planning corporate events for fortune 500 companies. And so I turned into that person. I was that account manager. I was that person who met them at the private jet. And then off I was planning these multi-million dollar events for multi-billion dollar corporations. I mean, it's just insane. The wealth that went into these things, it was almost overwhelming. And very quickly, I realized that what I was really looking for, which was this title, gosh, I even wanted the office with the door. I wanted the commute. I wanted those moments, like what I would see in Hollywood movies of being woken up, you know, by your phone in the middle of the night. I thought that was the price of admission for getting to where I wanted to be. And boy, was it, it wasn't just the price. It took a major, major, major toll on me from my mind, from my body, from my soul. It stripped me away of so many things. Two years in, I was just a shell. Like there was nothing really left of me. I had turned into a completely different person. I rarely saw my friends. I rarely saw my family. My now husband at the time, I always say, gosh, I can't believe you weathered <laughs> that, that, that season with me. Cause it was, it was intense. It was really intense. And something that I realized I looked around and I was designing these really boring ballrooms and these events lasted a couple of hours that didn't matter much to people. It was really hard soul sucking work that I thought was going to be again, the stepping stone in the right direction. And I realized very quickly that it wasn't. And so after a couple of years of doing that, after hitting major corporate burnout, like we're talking sleeping on my office floor, it was just so bad that it was time to, to leave that. And so in 2015, I decided to do just that riddled with a lot of anxiety. I closed that chapter and I ended that job and I did decide to, this is actually really interesting, get my hands dirty. It was so weird to start on Monday and not open my computer and have a full inbox or have to be running around town or to Los Angeles and back or whatever that looked like. And so I started gardening actually in our 800 square foot apartment in our little tiny backyard. We had all these overgrown succulents and cactus here in California. And I started just clipping away at things quite literally just keep my hands busy. And when I did that, I started creating these little arrangements for around the house. And then a friend would come over and ask me what they were. And then soon enough, I had a full-blown business. I had made a business out of it. And it was so wild that in doing this and getting my hands dirty, if you will, I was actually really on a path to healing. I had put myself in this place that I was completely and totally addicted to busyness. And then all of a sudden I found a way in the backyard of my 800 square foot apartment 
department to bring myself back to life in a totally different way. And so I started to think about all the things that I had done in the past and what I loved about it and what was also really, really soul sucking Mm -hmm. from it. And as I mentioned earlier, I loved that community feel that I got from that initial job that I took down here. And the other thing is what I really loved about the event industry was creating experiences for people. That was something so important that we could transform the way that something looked and it can make someone feel a different way. That was something that was just breathtaking at times really. And it also was something at the end of the day that brought people together. And in my quest to find a different way to heal and to really fill my soul back up, I found this new business. And in finding this new business, I found a completely new community of people who were entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And I found a community of entrepreneurs who needed help in areas that I could give them help in. I then had 12 years of experience in marketing and event planning, and maybe they started their businesses doing things that they felt really passionately about, but didn't have those skills or didn't know how to start a website or didn't know how to start a business or scale a business or what to do when they ran into certain challenges. And I had skills that they needed. And I knew immediately that I needed to stop what I was doing in my backyard with my plants and start a community that was in full support of what they they were doing because I believe that when we do things that really fill us up and that really, really light us up, that we are able to change the world. And more than that, we're able to lead movements and projects and passions that I think can start conversations that bring more women to the table in positions of leadership. And I think at the end of the day, if we can do that, then we can do anything at all. Yeah. Your story is amazing. So just to cap off that end. So you realized you needed to leave your gardening part and then you realized you needed to help this entrepreneurial community. And I know a little bit of the background of your fill up your cup events. And so that's exactly what you're talking about there. So can you take us from that point of leaving your new business of your succulents and all of that, and then up to where we are today? Yeah. So I only really dabbled in designing these succulent arrangements for just a few months. Again, it was just kind of a creative outlet for me, but what I realized, like looking back at it is that it was an introduction to this whole new world of entrepreneurship. And it wasn't my first hand in it by any means. I had had a few businesses throughout college, but I realized that it was something that I fully needed to dive into. So what I started to do is consult with women who were really stuck in their businesses or experiencing challenge or had maybe designed a product or a service that they put out into the world and it completely blew up and they didn't know what scaling looked like. There was all these different things. And so I started to work as a consultant for many different women within their businesses. And then shortly thereafter, I actually did take a few more fuller time positions, if you will, in in the nonprofit space and in the small business space on the marketing side of things. And then finally decided in 2018 to go full-time with our community and providing education. And then January of 2020 was our very first fill up your cup event. And that was an event designed for modern leaders and entrepreneurs. And what it was really designed to was to help you quite literally fill up your cup. When we really look at it objectively, when we talk about being a leader within our industry, in our life, in our family, in our business, whatever that looks like. 
I think to create whole leaders, like leaders that feel fulfilled in all different areas is that we both have to talk about the head work and the heart work of entrepreneurship. So yes, getting tactical and the strategic part of it, but also the other side of it, the mindset challenges that you deal with every day, all the way to taking care of your health and what that looks like. I mean, you know, self-care, there's so many different aspects to it. So our intention was to have one event every single month. And we had this adorable boutique called the garage collective in Laguna beach, and we could fit 25 women in this space. And we sold it out at 25 women. And then February came and we did it again. And then March came and we had planned to do it again. And then we all know what happened in March of 2020. And so when that happened, we decided to pivot really quickly because people in our local community here in Southern California had become really attached to this event and had been so helpful to them. And I said, well, there's no reason that we can't continue this learning throughout whatever we're going through. Of course, we didn't know how long it was going to last then. So what we decided to do was make it virtual. We took it online. We made it a free event and we have done one every single Friday since March of 2020. I didn't realize that pivot from doing the in-person to online. I I thought that it was just always online. So I yes, love (laughs) digging into this more. So let's unpack it a little bit. Yeah. So I always talk about like breadcrumbs and there's like breadcrumbs to finding your current life purpose. And I love how you have recognized what those breadcrumbs are. You have realized that you were always into events plus community. And I think the community part is such an interesting perspective that you took. I think most people would be in a corporate situation and just be like, oh, this isn't for me. And it's that drainingness. And you took a really positive spin on it. And you came out of that experience being, oh, I loved this aspect. I love finding community in a big space instead of this is such a big space and I have nowhere to excel in. So I just love your headspace on that, which we'll get into with your phrase of your head work and your heart work. Clearly Mm -hmm. you're (laughs) practicing what you preach there. But then to see you go from entrepreneurship wasn't even on your radar. You were really interested in corporate and that stereotypical corporate mindset and knowing that that was going to be a little crazy to get you to where you wanted to be, but you thought it was worth it. And then to experience it and see that these obligatory events that had no meaning was at the end of the day, not what you want. So you kind of knew like your vehicle, you wanted the community and you wanted the events, but the way that you were getting there wasn't matching up which is interesting because that's actually similar to my story, different aspects. But I grew up seeing the possibility of mompreneurship because I was raised by a mompreneur. So I grew up knowing, okay, I want to be a mompreneur. I want to be able to be around for my kids. And at the time I was told, Hey, you're really good at fashion. So I started a personal styling business and I did that for 10 years. And at the end of the day, it just wasn't the right vehicle to get me where I wanted to go. Like the outcome has always been the same that I've wanted but I just wasn't getting there in the way I want. And so I love that you realized that as well. And then you took some time to be still. Mm -hmm. You took that time to just be intuitive and just let things come to you that you knew you wanted. You knew what that end goal was. And in being still, you found your community. You brought all of those pieces together and have created this amazing business. And I know from obviously all the women I spoke about that they are (laughs) obsessed with you and all you do. And so it's just such a great gift that you gave everybody to go through this journey and now be able to be there to support them. So I love your story. It's so so much. I'm glad that you unpacked a lot of it and that you didn't just stick to the last couple of years. It's great to hear all the behind the scenes. 
Thank you. Yeah. It's so lovely to be seen and to hear that back and also to hear your story. I mean, the breadcrumb thing is very profound. It's so true that when you really look at it, I feel like we're constantly fighting against our intuitions and thinking that, oh gosh, that was such a waste of time, or that was such a waste of an experience. And I don't know, my own personal belief, call me an eternal optimist, but is that that's just not true. I think that every step that we take, it's really important for us to bump into things sometimes and to try things and to see what like a full body no feels like, and then to also feel what a full body yes feels like, or maybe you haven't experienced that yet specifically in your business, but maybe you felt that in life with becoming a mom with children, like whatever that full body yes that you felt, you can also experience that in your business. And so if you felt it one way, you know how that feels. And so it's like, okay, now let's go out and try to experience that feeling in that other arena of whatever that looks like. Yeah. I'm all about that, about being intuitive and intentional in my secret podcast, my free audio training, my mompreneur with these method that walks everybody through what I did to make this transition from personal styling. Cause I started that business before I was a mompreneur. And then I transitioned into this business right after our second and final child, our daughter was born. And so I went through this experience of how in the world am I going to be present and productive? Like I want to be this breadwinner, but I also want to be around for all the moments with my kids. And so in that I talk a lot about stillness and being intuitive and intentional and in my styling business. And now I've always said exactly what you're saying. Like if it's not a heck yes, then it's a no. And you just know, like, don't try to go against the grain or feel like you have to do something because somebody else, society, keeping up with the Joneses, et cetera, tells you, you need to do it, go with what works for you. And that's what I'm all about. So I love that you talk about that as well. Oh my gosh. Yes. Kindred spirits here. hundred <laughs> oh, percent. So tell us then how can we use these things that we're talking about that you mm-hmm. have learned in your past and all of your story? How can we use that moving forward into being the best leaders that we can be in our business, our community today? Give us all your tips. Yeah. So something to build off of what you were just talking about. I think that the most important thing on your journey of being a leader, and maybe you're listening to this thinking, well, I'm not a leader. I'm a mom. I have a side hustle. I have a business. I have a corporate job. I have a job. I love. I have a job. I hate. I'm thinking about something like wherever you're at. I want you to know that you're a leader. We typically strive to be the leaders that we've never had or always wanted in our lives. And I think that that is something that's so important And the moment, the moment that you make that shift in believing, not just thinking when I get the job or when I create the business or when I have that position or when I enter thing here, that's when I'll become a leader. That's not true, right? That that's not true. We hear a lot of that talk in corporate about our leadership team or whatever it may be. And yeah, that's they're referencing, meaning someone is of a certain hierarchy within the business. That's all that is. I would love to hear your experience in this too, Megan, is that I'm in my thirties and I remember all through my twenties, I never really had an example of female led leadership. Looking back, I had that in my businesses, but our only mainstream examples came mostly from men and not to say that those were the wrong, you know, examples, but we have such an opportunity to build out what that looks like as leadership for women in the future. And I think even more specifically, what I'm really interested in talking about is authentic leadership and what that looks like to us, because leadership is one thing, like there's a definition for everything. And of course we all digest that definition differently. Yeah. I was going to say about leadership. Let's have some context around the conversation. How do you define leadership, especially in what you're going to talk to us about today? Because I think, yeah, yeah, you think in a corporation or you think on a team leader, but when you're a solopreneur in your business, what are some other ways that we can think about leadership so that we have that right frame of reference as we go into your strategy? 
Yeah. It's so funny. I've been asked this before and I'm like, I always say it's so much more of a feeling than an actual definition to me specifically. And again, when I have this conversation around authentic leadership, what I typically even have my clients and community members do is define what leadership means to them. And then we kind of go further with that and really unpacking what their own personal leadership philosophy is. This is very similar to defining your values. So to me, what authentic leadership is, is unapologetically leading in the direction that feels authentic to you in your life or business, mm-hmm. right? That you are doing that against all the odds, against every challenge of whatever you are up against that you are resilient to. And no matter what you are holding that position, I don't think it's necessarily of authority. I think that there is maybe some unsaid authority and power that of course comes in to being a leader, but that you are owning your position in whatever it is that you're doing. So again, it's the example of like why we treat the person who is maybe scraping gum off the floor to the person who's running the building. We treat everybody the same because they are a leader in doing just that. Like you're the best dang person for that job for that exact reason. And so I think that why I'm interested in digging deeper on the authenticity side of things is because I know I've had jobs in the past where I've been a manager and I uphold the mission, vision, values, guidelines, et cetera, for the company I'm working for. But for me in my life and in my business, I'm being authentic to what I believe in I'm being authentic to my own personal values. And so I think that bringing authenticity to the forefront also means that we're bringing empathy to the forefront and also like a level of courage and vulnerability too. Those are a few things that are in my own personal set of leadership philosophy and values. And so I think that it means that you're leading your vision forward in an authentic way. Yeah. I love that right now. I'm binging a ton of Kathy Heller stuff. Oh yes. Yeah. Something that's been coming up with her and some of the other stuff is that concept of everybody is meant to do something like you're saying. Yes. We all have that zone of genius and we all have that one spot that you're called to, and maybe you're called to, and you're ignoring that call and you're not actually Mm -hmm. stepping into that role that you can help people with. And I talked about this in episode number five. I did an episode on how I figured out my current life's purpose. And it's kind of like leadership and life's purpose hand in hand, where Oprah talks about, she was at the pinnacle of her career and everybody was like, she made it, she made it. And she felt like she was meant to do more. And just imagine if she didn't go and do more and imagine if you don't step into that space in your zone of genius and you don't take that next step to do more. Along those same lines with Kathy Heather, she was interviewing another mompreneur actually. And this mompreneur was thinking about starting a business and the mompreneur was saying to Kathy, like, thank you so much for all you've done. Imagine if you never recorded that first podcast episode, I would never be where I am today. And then Kathy flipped it back on her and said, yes, same goes for you. Imagine if today you don't go start that thing that's going to help all these other amazing women do what they need to do. And so I think that's really the conversation. Um, what I love about the conversation that we're having is like, you're everybody's meant to do something and that thing yeah. might ever evolve and you optimize and grow just like we have experienced in our careers. Yes. But being authentic and having that acceptance and giving yourself that permission to go do it yeah, put you in that like leader role. So I just wanted to have some text there. So we made sure we're talking on the same line. Yeah. And I think just to continue on with that conversation, I think what's important is something you point out in episode five is how I find my life's purpose. What that tells me is that 
you're an impact driven leader because you're being driven by your vision. That's something that's really important. And I don't know if you're familiar with Simon Sinek's work. He wrote an entire book on this called start with why. And one of his famous quotes in this is 110% true. Mm -hmm. People don't buy what we do. They buy why we do it. Mm -hmm. right? The reason you buy an Apple product is not because it's an Apple product, because to be honest, a lot of their products aren't even like 10 out of 10, you know, but you buy why they do it because they encourage you to think differently. Yeah. We all know what that tagline is. And we've seen those commercials. They're so deeply rooted in their vision for the future. That's what you're actually buying into. You're buying into a shared vision. And that's one of the very first things we do with leaders. What's your vision for the world? And so the Oprah example is people are like, oh my gosh, like you made it. Like Oprah does not have to work another day in her life, but her vision for the world is more right of what she wants to give it, how she wants to contribute to it, how she wants to leave a legacy. And she's like, well, yeah, the stuff I've done, those are things, but my why keeps me pushing forward that I think is authentic leadership at its finest. I think that when you are being authentic to that vision, and we think that's really important too, that when you feel called, you sometimes aren't able to necessarily explain it, but that's why it's so important to get clear on that vision and continue to build upon it. I think your why your purpose just expands over time. As you expand, it expands. I posted about this on Instagram this week. I have a lot of people that say to me like, oh gosh, my kids this summer, I I took the whole summer off Instagram. I don't even know what's going on in my business or what I'm doing. And I'll ask them, that sounds incredible. Those, isn't that something you want to do every summer? Like that sounds so wonderful. And, And is that something that you wanted to do? Well, yeah, I mean, it was great. We got to go here and we got to do this and whatever it was, but I didn't get to post to Instagram what's really important here, right? What does that matter in the scheme of things to you? And that tells me that we're living in a past tense. And so a lot of people will start to feel because I came back from summer with my family and I didn't get to enter thing here, make the blog post, post on Instagram, do my, whatever the thing is that that means that I'm not moving forward. I don't know about you, but I still, to this day in 33 years of life have never seen a car going backwards on the freeway. (laughs) I've only gone forward. I've I've still never seen it. Like, I'm sure it's probably happened. Like we went to the depths of YouTube. I'm sure there's a video of someone driving backwards on the freeway. However, we are never doing that. I always think of the freeway is our life. The freeway is our path. The freeway is our vision for the future. And at least here in California, the furthest left lane is our fast lane and our carpool lane. We have a middle lane and we have a slow lane off to the right. I think that's in most places, but to give Mm -hmm. you an idea, you get to decide what car you're driving in in what direction you're driving in towards what destination you're driving in. And you also get to decide the pace. And we tend to think that when we're sitting in maybe the slow lane or the middle lane that we see these cars whizzing by, like they're getting there faster than I am. Well, when everyone hits traffic, like say, for example, a year, like 2020, everyone hits traffic. And also driving in that fast lane is not sustainable. Everyone has to stop for gas and listen, you may change lanes. You may speed up for a little bit and go into that fast lane. You may get off and take an exit. You may switch out a car. You may get a flat tire, but no matter what you are never moving backwards. And so as how that pertains, I think to resiliency is instead of letting everything crumble underneath you, like I haven't done this and I haven't done this and I should do that. And I just shitting all over yourself. Mm -hmm. What if you came to it from a point of resilience and thinking that, yeah, that happened and I'm still moving forward. And this is how I'm moving forward. And this is what I'm doing. I maybe downshifted a little bit in this season of life. I need to move at a slower pace because that works best for me and my family, or that works best for me and my business or whatever the thing may be. 
And then when you're really feeling resistance against something, knowing what that is, and then navigating around that, like we were talking about really with that intuition, I think that that makes us really authentic leaders when we're able to recognize where we're feeling resistance and make a change. And sometimes that means Megan Mm -hmm. burning it all down to build it back up. Sometimes that means making one millimeter shifts. Sometimes that means recognizing where there is resistance and then doing what we need to do to work around that. I mean, that usually means working through it, right? Whatever that is. And how can we build that resiliency muscle so that when we do experience challenge, because no matter what it's going to happen, that we are not taken all the way back down to square one again, yeah. that we can just move forward from wherever we're at. And I think if we have those guardrails of being super aware of what those are, that makes us better leaders so that we can continue on no matter what. I love that analogy. I read your post, but I love going even deeper <laughs> on it, hearing it in this context, because yeah, you're right in terms of, let's say life purpose being the car, let's keep on that analogy. And so as you grow and as things change and as you expand, then you can upgrade. And maybe right now you're in this car and that feels comfortable. And then you upgrade to a rolls or all of those things are moving pieces. And when you think about it in that context, yeah, it'd be no big deal to slowly transition from one thing to another, or to make a big upgrade. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves I think everybody listening is this overachiever, high achiever type of woman. And so we put all of this pressure on ourselves that we know what the vision is and why aren't we there this second. But when you think about it in other terms, I like to think about it and you will, I think, enjoy this too. Like when you think about nature and how everything Mm. is cyclical and everything takes time and you wouldn't rush a flower and you wouldn't be disappointed if a flower goes away in the winter and comes back in the spring, like all of those type of analogies, I think help us feel more grounded, pun intended, I guess, and bring ourselves (laughs) back in. Also the slow lane, fast lane. I never thought about it in the way of, yeah, if I was driving with my family and there was traffic or whatever, some people would choose to speed around and go by. And some people like me would be a little risk averse. And so I'll happily sit in the slow lane and take my time be safe rather than sorry. And so thinking about that with your business, like, yeah, I could work insane hours and not have a nanny, but still try to work with my kids and all that. But I want to be in the slow lane because I want to keep my family safer. So thinking about it, I think taking our mind out of how we're doing things now and having some other analogies is so helpful that just blew my mind. Yeah. (laughs) I love the nature too. It's so true. It's like that quote, the day you plant the seed is not the day that you eat the fruit. Yes. As high achievers, we are always like, can this just grow faster? And then we sit there and we stare at it and we just like watch it grow. And it's this whole thing. But I think it's again, all about the belief look around and think of anyone that comes to mind when I say leader, who is that? Okay. And what if I told you that you were one? And now what if I told you you were one, but then what if you believed that you were one, right? And as a leader, every single conversation, every episode of this podcast that you listen to, that's an example of you planting seeds, right? And even you as a podcast host, it's like every interview you have, it's the same thing. You're planting seeds. And then from that, there are relationships that grow. There are opportunities that grow. There are experiences that come of those things. And it's things that maybe you did two years ago, six months ago, six weeks ago. I mean, we tend to think that just because we did it and we're past it and whatever it may be is not something that will come back to us. But when you talk about being intentional with our leadership, it's that everything we're doing is on purpose. And so I think it's the belief of that too, is that you may not be able to see it. You know, entrepreneurship is a slow burn. That is for sure. And so the more that we can believe in that, and then I think create support systems around it in community or coaching or listening to something like this podcast, 
podcast and really feeling seen or heard, wow, this wasn't just my own experience. This is a shared experience that other people within this community are having. I'm not alone here. I think it's really important. Yeah. I love what you're hitting on there. Cause again, in my audio training, I talk about the three S's to mompreneur with these are strategy, support, and self-care. And so we're hitting on the strategy for sure. And I love obviously you being the community guru that you are, we're talking about community and support too, but I just love that we're such kindred spirits here. So let's talk back. I know we got off a little tangent there. Is there anything else that we should know when it comes to leadership? We've got our guardrails up of resistance and resilience. We've got our analogy of we're a car and we're Mm -hmm. moving forward and we've got that power of permission. What else should we know about being a leader and leading our communities, ourselves in this space? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that we tend to think that the second we put on that leadership hat, if you will, that leadership equals perfection. And that's just not true. I'm here to just tell you, it's not, it's not true. What leadership requires is radical responsibility. And with responsibility comes accountability. I've been having this conversation with friends lately around what I believed last year is different from what I believe this year. And if that belief I realize now and doing that work and stripping that away, isn't something that was right, then I take responsibility for it personally. I think that's internally. And then I take accountability. I look at those as internal and external different things. And I think that some people really shy away from leadership because of that, but you have such a privilege when you have these platforms and as leaders, there's so much possibility in that. Mm -hmm. And so how can you get more comfortable with being a responsible leader and with the accountability that comes along with that? And it can be the smallest thing. Of course, I'm making it sound like this big, hairy, scary thing, but it can just be the smallest thing. Like, gosh, I sent out an email. It didn't have the links in it. Oop, it's not the end of the world. It's just that we sent another email at the links and that's okay. And I'm taking responsibility for it. Maybe that happened because someone on my team had a million things that they were doing, but I take responsibility because I'm the leader and that's something important to me. And when my team falls, I want to make sure that that fall is something that we experience all together because we then learn from it and then we auto-correct it and we keep on moving, AKA we lean back into resiliency. Mm-hmm. So I think that we have such opportunity as leaders to, again, bring things to the forefront, to blaze new trails that no one has ever experienced before. And with that there's this level of responsibility that can create brand new opportunity for us and how we move forward in the future in our businesses. Love, love, love that. It also reminds me too of Denise Duffield Thomas says, you don't need to be a guru. You don't need to be an expert. You can be a contributor. And there's also think again with Adam Grant, he says to think like a scientist. And I feel like those things all go hand in hand. As a leader, you need to go out there and share and help people. But I like to say this a lot too. Like I'm not the be all end all I'm learning. You're learning. I'm here to share what I'm learning and I'm happy to stand up and share what's going on, but just know we're all going to evolve. We're all going to grow. And yes, I will let you know when things change and what the difference is and taking that responsibility and that accountability. But I think those all go hand in hand. And I love that conversation because I think there's a lot of weight that can be put on you when you feel like you need to stand up there and be an expert. And that's the perfectionism, especially as a trying not to be a perfectionist, but (laughs) I'm a perfectionist myself. And so I had felt like this weight was lifted off of me when I heard that conversation of, oh, I can go out there and share and help people and give my value as I can, but I don't have to be perfect when I'm doing it. And we're all learning together and we can all understand that together. 
Yeah. I think that you're so right about that. It's that kind of like eternal curiosity is I think what actually makes us better leaders. I think that we think, especially as women, that we have to come with all the answers to things. And that's just not true. That's exactly what you're saying. It's just, we don't have to know the answers. And so we take responsibility and accountability for maybe when we're wrong and when we didn't ask the right question or whatever that may be. And so, yeah, there's so much to that. Yeah. It goes back to your authenticity too. Like when we're genuine and authentic and we're real and we're not trying to be that corporate robot in some senses, when we're just out there saying we're here to help, we're all on this journey together. I think it makes such a difference. So I want to pull this all together because we talked about how we are going to be better at making decisions with our leadership. And I definitely think that we've touched on that. We've learned that we need to be authentic, that we need to be real, that we need to have resilience and be able to break through some resistance because we're being intuitive. We're learning that leadership does not mean perfection, that we will take radical responsibility internally and take accountability externally to be that contributor and to be out there sharing our value, but knowing that we're going to evolve and change. Is there anything that I'm missing? I think those really do hit on how to be better with our leadership, but is there anything else that I missed that we should touch on? Well, that was the most beautiful recap. I think the only thing to kind of put a cherry on top, if you will, is in order to make better decisions, I think that requires us to ask better questions and asking all the questions we need, even if it feels like it's exhaustive. I think that that's something that's really important. I feel like we're typically not asking the right questions because they feel a little outlandish or silly, or we're afraid of being wrong or whatever it may be. But I think if we want better answers, even just in that decision-making for ourselves, mm-hmm. we have to ask better questions and talk about this with clients, just in them getting feedback from their clients and what that looks like. I'm not getting the feedback that I feel like I can share. Well, did we ask the right questions to them so that that elicits better answers. And so I think that always, always, always asking, you know, that the part of staying curious, I think that's so important is just like how you do so well on this podcast, Megan, where you're asking these real time questions that are, gosh, you said this and it sparked this thought. Tell me more about that. I think that's something and Adam Grant does do this so, so well. He's infinitely curious and also not being afraid to disagree with someone and have your own thought. A friend of mine always says, typically as women, we're really afraid of confrontation, but is it confrontation? or is it actually just a conversation? And that goes back to when we're asking questions, that usually means that we're having a conversation. Therefore we can make better decisions. I agree. Yeah. I was listening to James Wedmore's free event that he did. It was probably like two months ago now, but he opened it with the quality of your life is based on the quality of questions you ask something along that. And that just really got me thinking. And so I love that you just talked about that too of, yeah, if we do ask better questions or we're not scared to go a little deeper and ask the question we really want to ask, I think that does map back to the leadership and that authenticity and stepping into that space of doing what's best for everybody by getting the information I know that I can be against confrontation too, but I think now in life, I'm realizing, like you said, it doesn't need to be confrontation like we traditionally think of it, but a conversation to expand all of our thoughts and allow us to all grow in a different way. And so I think that is so helpful and helping us on our leadership journey. Yay. I'm so glad. So let's hear how you can support people and help us in this next step. So we've learned about leadership. We're learning, okay, these are the pieces of the puzzle that we need. What do we need to do next to take action, to implement, and how can you support people in doing that? 
Yeah. I think that the next step is to believe, right? It's the next step because it's the first step. I want to ask you to really lean into that. We have so many different titles and hats that we wear, especially you mamas. Our identity is multifaceted. It's multidimensional. And that's what is so wonderful. But one word that can wrap up so much of that is that you're a leader. Again, you're a leader in your household. You're a leader in your community. This is a wonderful journal prompt for you. What does it mean to be a leader in defining that? Because it means something that's so different for everyone. What we talked about today, does it need to be what that means to you? And so I think that's the very first step in actually calling that in and really making it a reality is the belief that you are. And gosh, we talk about this subject a ton on the Quench Airwaves over on Instagram. And then of course, at Fill Up Your Cup, we have a number of leaders that contribute to this conversation on a regular basis on our weekly meetup. That's perfect. I'll make sure to link that all in the show notes so everybody can head to your Instagram and then also check fill up your cup. If you are ready, we can move into the rapid fire questions. Let's do it. All right. Tell me what is your favorite strategy to help you be more present and productive besides any leadership techniques that you just shared with us now? Oh yeah. I think the very first one, no matter what is getting up in the morning and going outside. I just dragged to do this, but if I can just take my dog out, even if it's a quick around the block, there is nothing like getting outside for a quick second, breathing in the fresh air. It's like, I'm here, I'm alive. My feet are on the ground. And I don't know if it always directly relates to productivity, but I feel like being present does relate to productivity. And so that's the first thing before anything, even my first sip of any caffeine. Yeah. It's like clearing your mind. So you're ready for the day. I love that. Absolutely. Tell me what is the number one essential support you have that you can't live without? Oh gosh. Honestly, it's very much a tie between my journal and therapy. Although I feel like they go hand in hand, like what is the support? I'm a big advocate for mental health. I think it's something that's extremely important. I've dealt with pretty debilitating anxiety and depression in my life. And so I think that getting the help that you need is really important, but sometimes that means you're really overwhelmed. Can you ask your neighbor to help you out with the kiddos? Or can you ask someone to make dinner for you one night? Whatever that looks like, the jump to therapy might feel like such a big jump, but how can you just put one foot in front of the other in the way of what does support look like for me right now today? And that may be the phone call to the friend or whatever the thing may be. But I think that for me, it's definitely seeking out that mental health care. And then also every day, the journal, that's my other therapist. (laughs) Yeah. no. I started journaling when I was deciding to go through this transition of leaving my previous business behind and it has made such a difference. So I totally feel you there. Totally the best. (laughs) All right. Tell us what's your go-to self-care activity. Ooh, well, I will say my favorite thing in the world is definitely a walk. I was telling a friend this morning, there's nothing that a walk can't change for me, but also even Sans bringing my dog with me, Sans bringing kiddos with you, whatever that looks like. I think that just doing something for you. And there's something really powerful about quite physically putting one foot in front of the other that feels really empowering. That's free. That takes absolutely nothing at all. That is the thing that can change my entire mood, my entire day, especially depending on the weather looks like we get a lot of sunny days here in Southern California, which I'm so grateful for. Mm -hmm. And it can just bring me back to the present. It can bring me back to gratitude and center me in a way that nothing else really can. Although I'm very much a fan of facials. Yeah. (laughs) That is my pleasure for sure. (laughs) I did a mask last night. So I feel you there. (laughs) Oh yes. Yes. 
Oh, I love it. All right. So tell me last but not least, tell me your most stereotypical entrepreneur story. Like think about something that we can all relate to and only us other entrepreneurs would be like, oh, I understand. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, there are so many. They're probably all have happened within 2020 just because we did so much virtually, but even more recently, Megan and I were just talking earlier before we started the podcast that I just recently got this podcast mic. And in our weekly event, I host this event and it's so much fun and really requires me to be able to talk to the community. And I had tried out a new view on zoom just and tried to organize my desktop a little bit better and be really on top of it. And I went through a full introduction. We're talking like a six minute thing with the mic turned off and it was just like, one of those things. We also got zoom hacked earlier this year and that was just on another level. So, I mean, there's a lot that's happened within these zoom walls, but you know what I will say the beautiful thing that's come of it is we have so much grace for each other on these virtual airwaves. And I think just in life in general, that I couldn't have gotten through without the community. I mean, they helped us laugh through it. it all turned out well, but it was definitely a week of cringing back at that moment. Like, how did I do that? It was just the simplest one button. It just took one button I could have pressed in a six minutes. They had to just look at me and they were all probably blushing. Like she doesn't realize. Oh my gosh. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I always worry before we start recording. I'm so glad it says like recording in progress. I know. Halfway through every time I end up looking at Zoom and being like, oh wait, am I recording? I would feel terrible. <laughs> like if we weren't recording or halfway through, like, oh, we're going to have to start again. So I totally totally understand (laughs) that. Grace, it has been such a pleasure to have you. Our conversation is one that I absolutely loved and just being able to banter back and forth about leadership and thinking of it in a different way. Everybody, I'm going to link everything in the show notes, all the books we discussed, all the different people we discussed, all of Grace's amazingness with Quench Collective, fill up your cup. If you want to move on, take that next step and get support, she has got you covered. And so you will find that in your show notes. Thank you so much for being with us. I so appreciate it. Megan, thank you so much. This was honestly such a blast. You are a joy. And thank you for creating this beautiful, really incredible space for women. I appreciate you. You're so sweet. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Want more? Head to themompreneurguy.com to grab my personal framework for living a present and productive life and to hear my real-time ahas on Telegram. See you next time.